Welcome back, everybody. This is Gameplay. I'm your host, Matthew Cause. I always love having my next guest on. It is Kara Waglin. You see her on SportsCenter. You hear her all the time on Overdrive, and when she makes an appearance here, uh, but also because she uh, attacked me on social media. I'm not going to say she bullied me, but I was having an argument with my producer, the, who I was bullying, about why crepes stink, but yet Kara Waglin said crepes are better than pancakes or waffles. Before we get into the NFL, Kara, explain yourself. Maddie, Maddie, I don't know that I would say it was an attack on social media. <laughs> I felt the need to defend my childhood breakfast food. Uh, listen, I grew up in a household where my mom was French-Canadian. I don't think I, I was having this conversation with my husband the other night. I don't think I legitimately tasted a pancake knowing it was a pancake until I was dating him. Really? And very early on in my 20s, he, like a, a good boyfriend who's trying to steal the deal, made me breakfast one morning. And brought in pancakes, and I legitimately looked at him and was like, what is this? What is this garbage? <laughs> These are pancakes. He's, I, I, I didn't know there was a difference. I don't, know, I don't know how that's possible, that I didn't know what an actual pancake was or had ever tried one. Uh, but I was expecting him to bring crepes in, because that's what I had grown up with. Look, the thing with crepes, here's the thing. Let me break it down for you. Yeah. The diversity of this breakfast food. I see what you're saying. You don't get a lot with the actual item. It's a very thin... But if well done, delicate and enjoyable, fluffy morsel. Pancakes I find to be too heavy. They sit on your stomach. It's not an enjoyable experience about 30 minutes after. Crepes, you don't have that issue. Plus, there's immense diversity with crepes. You can go sweet. You can go savory. Now, the majority of my experience is as a breakfast food, so we do a little syrup. You could go corn or maple. Um, we have whipped cream. You can add some cherries in there. You can do some fruit. You can flambe that. Or you can go savory, and you can go adding, you know, your eggs, your all sorts of different things on that end, cheeses and whatnot, and create and open up a whole other portal of food. And a fun fact that I actually just realized and had forgotten about, at my wedding, I love crepes so much we had a midnight crepe station with made-to-order crepes for the guests where you could go up and there was a dude there and he would flip them on the little pan and would make you your made-to-order crepe with all the toppings. It's just a good time for everyone. I will say this, first off, that is a great thing to have at a wedding. Very different, very creative. Second, if this is a family thing, I will give you a bit of a pass. My main <laughs> issue is that just in terms of pure taste, when people bring up the crepe, the first thing they usually bring up is versatility, which for me is not about taste. And yes, uh, they can leave you heavy. There's nothing better than a post-pancake nap. But my real thought from that entire... And by the way, my producer Chris is nodding his head in agreement. But my final thought is, I feel bad for your boyfriend. There he is, making you a delicious breakfast. And you look at him and go, what's this trash you're serving me? Shame on you, Kara. He's just trying to be nice. <laughs> he couldn't believe it. He's like, don't you remember that? He's like, you swatted me out of the room <laughs> with my tray of pancakes because they weren't good enough. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Um, uh, we'll have to get his details, and we're going to book him for the show to get his side of the story. Um, Kara, I, I opened the show today by saying that, to me, the biggest story from yesterday, or just from the whole weekend, was was the Cincinnati Bengals, a team that... You know, went on that great heater last year. Some people wondered, oh, was that a bit of a fluke? Too soon, too young? After what we saw to what they did to the Buffalo Bills, like, I'm not surprised that they won, 
But I am surprised how much they dominated Buffalo. Uh, so I had picked the Bengals in this matchup. Um, I just feel like after they started off this season, I believe it was 0-2, and then they kind of figured some stuff out, picked up some steam. They went on like a six- or seven-game heater there for a little while. People are forgetting this is the team that went to the Super Bowl last year. Like I remember coming into this season and so much of the fodder uh, talking about the Bengals was how people thought they were going to miss the playoffs, and I didn't understand it. Like Obviously, their biggest issue last year was O-line. It was still an issue much better this year. Yes, they were banged up, but I went on a little bit of a deep dive, especially on Joe Burrow. Man, like, from the, after the first two games they dropped in the season, his best protection became himself. And so you didn't have to really worry about the O-line as much because he was getting the ball off so quickly. And it's unbelievable what the O-line did afford, even though they were missing three key players, is a run game, which we knew going into Buffalo with the snow and everything that both teams were probably going to utilize a run game. I don't know why Buffalo didn't use that strategy or, or t- tweak or figure out a run game because they didn't seem to have one. But between P. Ryan and Joe Mixon, this team is all, all of a sudden looking like a team with a really good run game, which in the past they've always been a passing team. They are looking so good going in. i got to tell you, looking ahead to the AFC Conference Championship game, if Patrick Mahomes is even a little bit still banged up from that high ankle sprain, I'm kind of riding Bengals on this one. Yeah. Like, they are looking so good. They just don't care. They don't care if they're on the road. They don't care if they're playing in the snow. Joe Burrow is looking like, and it's so funny because Dan Orlovsky said this today, the best quarterback. Yes, Patrick Mahomes is the best player still, but the best quarterback out there. He's just so good. And beyond that, they they're, the Bengals, with all those injuries on the offensive line, they pushed Buffalo all over the place. Von Miller or no Von Miller? Like the first drive, no third down. The second drive, two manageable third downs. I just couldn't believe that offensive line might have been the best uh, the best unit on the field on that Sunday afternoon game. They were looking great. And that was kind of the one issue that going in, I was like, okay, I know they've been dealing with this. But it didn't really worry me because Joe Burrow is still a guy who takes how many stacks did he take in the playoff game last year? Like 13, something ridiculous yeah. number of stacks, and they still won. Like, he just, he knows how to get the ball off, and he knows how to adjust. And they were bound to get to him. Uh, how many times did he take? He took one sack in that one. Like, it was, I don't know. There was just nothing that Buffalo was going to do. I kept waiting for Buffalo to make some adjustments and to figure it out and, and to start their game. And then all of a sudden, you're in the fourth quarter, and it just, it just didn't happen. They were, the Bengals were playing good defense against, the Bills as well, and I just didn't really feel like from the beginning the Bills really stood much of a chance as it was going. Like, Bengals just put on a clinic. Your impression of Dak Prescott, did it at all change between uh, the end of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers-Cowboys game and the end of the Cowboys losing 19-12 to the 49ers? I don't know if I would say it changed. I thought that the game against the Bucks was the best game I had maybe seen him play ever, at least certainly this season. Um, but very closely behind that memory was the memory of Dak Prescott week 18, and that, which was awful. So I went into that game against San Francisco thinking, reminding myself, the Bucks are terrible. Let's see what he can do against a good defense. And we knew this was going to be a very defensive game because – you know, the one-two defenses in the league going head-to-head, and it was. But the offense for Dallas just looked terrible. And that final drive, 
Woof is the only thing you can really say <laughs> to describe that. Like the clock management, the play calls. Like there was just so many things. It wasn't all on Dak. It's not all on Dak. But when you are stepping on the field with 51 seconds to go, whatever it is they had for that final drive, I know they had, didn't have any timeouts left to go, but that's where you make your hay when you're a quarterback. You, you orchestrate that drive down the field because you know if that was Patrick Mahomes, they would have scored. If that was Josh Allen, they likely would have scored. If that was Joe Burrow, you can't. Dak Prescott is just failing every single time to put his name into those upper echelons with those other quarterbacks. And, and to add to that, go to the drive before that. 2.59 left. They're down by seven. First down, Dre Grenlaw drops an easy interception. It should have been a pick six. Second down, Michael Gallup wide open, beat Javarius Ward, and Dak did not put the ball where it needed to be. And then on third down, he got sacked. Like, that that drive there was like, oh, my God. It's just like the moment felt too big for Dak Prescott. Yeah, it got big bad. Like, I mean, I don't know. I don't pretend to know what it's like when someone like Nick Bosa is coming down hard on you. Like, I mean, that's the thing. Both quarterbacks, I mean, to be fair, I thought that was the worst game I've seen Brock Purdy play, too. Yep. Like, I don't think either quarterback looked great. And maybe that's part of what happens when you're facing a really good defensive line is, you know, you're going to have to run the ball. You're going to have to get the ball off quick. You're not going to be able to make huge plays you're not going to have time to go through your reads uh but i didn't think i just don't think he added a whole lot to that game there was a couple moments here and there but it was it was bad yeah you know it, it was and i mean they're stuck with him for a couple of years and it's not that he's a bad quarterback it's that he's a good quarterback but it just doesn't feel like he's the guy um, that can take a team over the top unless they have re- the same ridiculous talent as the 49ers and that is incredibly rare uh kara actually we'll end with this we'll stick with the 49ers um you know brock purdy the best thing you can say about him he did not turn the ball over once in that game didn't get sacked many times didn't make, make many mistakes had a couple nice throws but was not a great game for him now he's going up against an Eagles team that thoroughly destroyed my New York Giants. I got to tell you, much like you, I'm leaning Cincinnati, and I'm also leaning Philadelphia against the 49ers. I have a hard... Yeah, I'm leaning Cincinnati uh, to come out of the AFC. I'm having a hard read on... Because, I mean, recency bias plays into my my mind a lot. Of course. And the Eagles haven't really looked that great, with the exception of this past weekend, where they kind of look like the Eagles of old again. And if they are, then they are arguably the most complete team. Now, obviously, the 49ers have the best defense. The 49ers have, you know, potentially a monster lineup on offense with all of their weapons. And maybe that might be a little too much for the Eagles. But this could be a really tight game. And it might, it might come down to something like the game management of Brock Purdy. Like there was, you say, he didn't make any huge, yes, he didn't have any like game changing interceptions. But like on that play, over the middle to Kittle, where Kittle made that unbelievable catch. That was a bad ball. That was a bad ball. And Kittle made that look good. He made an unbelievable catch, and that's what sparked that whole drive and the 49ers' last little run there at the end of the game. So there were moments where Brock Purdy started to look like a rookie. And I just hope that he can clean that up and they can fix that up heading into the NFC Championship. Kara, always, always appreciate. Thanks so much for, again, first talking about the most delicious treats to have at breakfast. I would say go blueberry pancake. Try to get it where it's a little bit thinner and only have like two of them. uh, Because once you start hitting pancake number three, yes, then the pancake pit just becomes this whole, you know, just starts to weigh down your entire stomach. 
See, I'll stick with my 15 crepes in one sitting. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Maddie. Take care. That is Kara Wagland, host of SportsCenter and anchoring all the uh, NFL coverage on CTV. On the other side of the show, we do Matt's Mood Meter. That is coming up next. You're listening to Gameplay right here on TSN 1050.